From NPR and WNYC, live from the Bell House in Brooklyn, New York, this is Ask Me Another. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, your host for another hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. We have a great show for you. This hour, you're going to get not one, but two NPR quiz show hosts for the price of one, because our VIP is the host of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, Mr. Peter Sagel. Now, if Carl Castle had a beard and sang songs about monkeys and robots, well, that'd be pretty cool. But in the meantime, let's welcome our one-man house band, Mr. Jonathan Colton. Hello. And also joining us to explain the games we're playing today, keep score and offer the occasional hint if they need it, we have our puzzle guru, Art Chung. Hey, Afira. Let's get started with our first two contestants and welcome Scott Bergeron and Sarah Brandt. Sarah, do you speak any other languages other than English? I speak German and French and Arabic. Well, look at you. Did you speak these your whole life or did you go to school for them? I went to school and I've also lived abroad. I think you're uh, kind of bragging a little bit, but it's cool. (laughs) I kind of grew up with them and I also live around the world, is what you're saying. That's cool. Scott, you sell chemistry supplies, so I need to ask you, have you ever cooked meth in your underwear like on Breaking Bad? uh, You would never want my meth, ever. I'm actually a bad chemist. (laughs) I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure that bad meth is just as good as any meth. (laughs) Our first game is called Mind in the Guttural. For this round, we're going to challenge both your mind and your mouth by asking for answers that have that guttural ha sound in them. Art, can you give us an example? Sure. If we said, this painter had an eye for sunflowers, but cut off his left earlobe, you'd say, Vincent van Gogh. Van Gogh. Van Gogh. If you heard that a lot of times, people saying that to you, you would probably cut off your ear. You'd go crazy. You'd be like, we're done with this. And the winner of this round will move on to our Ask Me One More final round. At the end of the show, it's the possibly mythical beast in Scotland that is incredibly good at hiding. Scott. Uh, Loch Ness Monster? (laughs) Yes, that is correct. You wanted to say Loch Ness Monster, right? And then you remembered the game, and you're like, I really got to push this. Yeah. A braided bread traditionally eaten on the Sabbath, though it's good on any day. Sarah. Chala. Chala is right. He succeeded Stalin as secretary of the Communist Party in the Soviet Union, and he was not above banging his shoe on a desk to get his point across. Scott. Brezhnev. (laughs) I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Sarah, can you steal? It's on the tip of my tongue, but I don't think I can. No? Okay. The answer was Nikita Khrushchev. All right, whatever. I'll go with that. Inspired by a line from the Mel Brooks film, The Producers, it's the seventh studio album by the concisely named rock band U2. Art, you want to give a hint? Uh, It was my nickname in college. (laughs) Scott. Uh, Oxhoon, baby. Yes, that is right. It's Yiddish for cojones. Chutzpah. Sarah, with chutzpah, that is correct. 
I would have also accepted matzo balls. <laughs> This German playwright wrote the book and lyrics to the Three Penny Opera, including the song Mac the Knife. Sarah. Is it Brecht? It is Brecht. <laughs> I knew that that was the answer, but the way you said it had so much, like, you couldn't believe that you were saying it that I actually had to look at the answer again. I was like, I don't know anymore. But yeah, nailed it. With a name that means Valley of the Deer in Gaelic and a deer on the label, this three syllable single malt whiskey can be yours for a dear price. <laughs> Sarah's just laughing. Just laughing. It's the best selling single malt whiskey in the world, and it's not Glenlivet. Scott. Glenfiddich. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> This four word German phrase made famous by John F. Kennedy could either mean that you're from the capital of Germany or you're a delicious jelly filled donut. Scott. Ich bin ein Berliner. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Art, how did our contestants do? It was a close game, but Scott is our winner. Congratulations, Scott. Thank you so much, Sarah. Scott will be moving on to our final round at the end of the show. Help. Need somebody help. Not just anybody. Help. You know, we need someone help. When I was younger, so much younger than today, I never needed anybody's help in any way. But now these days are gone and I'm not so self assured. Now I finally changed my mind, I've opened up the door. Help me if you can, I'm feeling down. I do appreciate you being around. Help me get my feet back on the ground. Won't you please, please help me? Thank you, Jonathan Colton. You're welcome. Help. You're welcome. <laughs> We've got our next two contestants Melissa Kalwinowski and Lisa Richter. <laughs> Melissa, what is your card game of choice? Poker, I guess. Poker is a good one. Yeah, I like that. You play a little poker? I won a small tournament once. Really? How small? Like 20 people. What did you win? $200. That's, that's real money. That yeah. is real money, Melissa. Well done. I like your downplay. I don't know, poker. Yeah, I won against 20 people, $200. Nothing, nothing. Lisa, do you play cards? Uh, the only card game that I really play would be an Italian card game that my family taught me. It's called Scobadil or Scobe, and mm -hmm. we play that when my family visits. Is that because uh, your family's in the mafia, some sort of thing? Yes, right? actually. No, don't say that. Don't air that. Don't air that. Yes, don't worry. It will all be cut. You're not even part of the show anymore. Don't worry about it. No. <laughs> Our next game is titled All in the Cards. Jonathan, what is this game about? Cards. <laughs> good. Good. <laughs> The premise here is quite simple. In this round, each answer will be the name of a card game. For example, if I were to ask for the metal stick you might use to tend to a fireplace, you would answer poker. And you might throw in a story about how you'd won a tournament. 
The winner will move on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. Here we go. In dentistry, it's used to connect an artificial tooth to real teeth. Melissa. Bridge. That's right. What is the title of Adele's second studio album, which won her seven Grammys? Melissa. 21. You got it. I think that's one of your favorites. You got very excited about buzzing in for that one. I just figured out how it went with the card game. I've... <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> right, it's the moment of, I, of when you realize, oh my goodness, I'm on a puzzle show, and I've just figured out the game, and you get very excited. <laughs> I know, and you have a buzzer, and you're... Yeah, good. <laughs> you were faking it very well, I have <laughs> yeah, to say. both good. Very good. It's a popular version of Solitaire or a vanilla ice cream bar covered in chocolate. Melissa. Klondike? That's right. It's kind of funny, the phrase popular version of solitaire. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, people love it. People love it. What are you playing, Klondike? (laughs) What's your favorite version of lonely? (laughs) It's the nickname shared by the University of New Orleans and the University of Nebraska Omaha. The University of New Orleans and the U- Melissa. Uno. Yeah. Edwin Starr asked, What is it good for? Absolutely nothing in what 1970 number one hit song? Lisa. War. Yeah, that's right. What is the common name for an unpopped kernel of popcorn at the bottom of the bag? It's almost as common as that kind of solitaire (laughs) everyone likes to play. That's not a hint. That's just a bad joke. In the United Kingdom, a version of this card game is known as Scabby Queen. (laughs) Melissa. Old Maid? Yeah. We don't know a lot about the internal anatomy of Doctor Who, but we do know that unlike humans, he has two of what vital organ? <laughs> Melissa. Hearts. Yes. <laughs> she could barely contain herself. What fine French crystal manufacturer founded in the 1700s is famous for its chandeliers and perfume bottles? <laughs> Melissa. Baccarat. Yeah, that's right. This is your last clue. It was President George W. Bush's nickname for his first Secretary of Defense, who also served as Secretary of Defense for Gerald Ford. They're both looking like, come on. (laughs) Seriously. No, nothing? You might yell his name out at the end of the game? Yahtzee? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's dice, but you'd yell it, right? Secretary of Defense. I'm just imagining what that name would be. It's awesome. Melissa. Rummy. Rummy is right. That's right. Okay, Art, how'd we do in that game? Well, in this game, Melissa held all the cards. Thank you so much, Lisa. Huge round of applause for Lisa. Melissa, you'll be moving on to our final round at the end of the show. Well done. 
Our VIP, that's very important puzzler, is Peter Sagel. I can't wait, wait to turn the trivia tables on him. I'm Ophira Eisberg, and this is NPR's Ask Me Another. Under pressure. listening to Ask Me Another from NPR and WNYC. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and coming up, we'll find out if Jonathan Colton is the walrus or the Eggman in a game where we desecrate yet another Beatles tune. <laughs> Plus, we'll find out how much NPR's quiz show master, Peter Sagel, knows about his co-workers. But joining us right now are J.J. Orgira and Justin Sheen. Justin, if you could live in the fictional space of any television show, which one would you like to go into? Boy, Star Trek? Yeah, the holodeck, you know? You, you holodeck's cool, there. yeah. JJ, how about you? Oh my God, as a New Yorker, I have to say Friends, because that apartment was sick and so unrealistic, right? I mean, my entire apartment is the bathroom of Monica's apartment on that show. <laughs> this game is called Charming Old Movie House, Did you ever wonder what happens to famous homes from movies and TV after the show is finished? They go on the market. So for this game, we'll give you the real estate listings for well-known houses and apartments, and you have to identify the television show or film that featured that residence. And the winner, of course, will move on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. Here we go. Set on 200 acres of usable farmland, this handsome 4,000-square-foot white brick ranch house Features an in-ground pool and rodeo grounds. Located within commuting distance from a major Texas city, yet remote enough that you could shoot someone here and no one would know who did it. (laughs) At least until the following season opener. JJ. Dallas. Correct. This colonial revival-style house features Greek-inspired columns and comes with Greek-inspired apparel. It's a real fixer-upper, but it's a steal when split amongst 20 fraternity brothers. It's also a short walk to Faber College, that is, when you're not on double-secret probation. Justin. Animal House. Correct. This quirky Greenwich Village apartment features two bedrooms, a palatial bi-level living room, and one-of-a-kind views like a naked guy in the apartment across the street. Justin. JJ, I'm so sorry. I do feel bad. Friends? I'm sorry. Yes, that is correct. It's true, though. I was also obsessed uh, with how much money they made versus the rent. She tried to play it off like, oh, it's rent controlled. It was my grandmother's. Right. This Lake Union houseboat with Cape Cod styling is a perfect gem with access to Puget Sound. If you have trouble falling asleep, this place is for you. Previous owner was a widower looking to make a new start, but thanks to his son, found love at the top of the Empire State Building. Price to move. JJ. Sleepless in Seattle? Yes, indeed it is. 
No plans after college? No problem. Why not move back home to this estate in Beverly Hills, complete with a lush back patio and pool, stocked fish tank, and live in addict. Lovely neighborhood, lovelier neighbors. Floors are hardwood, but we've got one word, plastics. JJ. Uh, American Psycho? That is not correct. I'm sorry. Justin, can you steal? The Graduate? The Graduate is correct. <laughs> Favorite movie of yours, Justin? Uh, High Noon. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't realize we were moving on to a new conversation. No, but, I see. Uh, I see. Yes. But that's good. That's a great movie. I like that. It is. It was just at the top of your head. He was really ready to say that, too. Yeah, it's yeah, like, it was amazing. <laughs> This picturesque Victorian townhouse in San Francisco's postcard row boasts four levels with an attic floor penthouse, perfect for living uncles and a plethora of kids. Breathtaking bay views and a stone's throw away from Golden Gate Park. Justin. Full house. Full house is correct. This is your last question. Majestic yellow villa nestled lakeside in Salzburg. This Austrian mansion is perfect for a large family. Private romantic gazebo, spacious upper floor balcony, and breathtaking acoustics in case you're the kind of tenant who just likes to break out into song. (laughs) Justin. Sound of music. That is correct. Puzzle Guru Archung, how did our contestants do? It was a battle of the buzzers, and Justin won. Congratulations, Justin. JJ, I'm so sorry. I could tell that you knew a lot of the answers. But, Justin, you'll be moving on to our final showdown at the end. Congratulations. If you love listening to us in your home, why not come down to the best game night in town? To see a live taping or to be a contestant on Ask Me Another, reach out to us via email at askmeanother at npr.org, or you can find us on Twitter or Facebook. We have a seat with your name on it. On stage right now, we have Raya Elias Pouchette and Jonathan Firestone. Raya, you are visiting from Florida. Yes, that's where, where do you live in Florida? I live in Aventura, which is Miami-ish. Miami-ish. Got it. Okay. And you are there for college? Well, I'm from Aventura, but I go to the University of Florida. Go oh, Gators. Nice. Okay. Go Gators, yes. <laughs> what are you studying? I'm studying anthropology. Well done. I have a cultural anthropology degree. Look what you could do. My dream job right here. <laughs> After college, I got a job as a night manager at Kinko's, so... Sounds like a perfect place. Jonathan, are you going to college? Uh, Yes, I'm a senior at the University of Rochester. And what are you taking? Uh, History major. Oh, wow. Do you have any hobbies? Uh, I uh, I play music, mostly. So uh, I guess that's it. I'm not interesting. (laughs) 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 I don't quite know how to take that, Jonathan. (laughs) Uh, We think you're very interesting if you play music, just so you know. I want you to have self-esteem, Jonathan. We're going to work on it. Our next game is called I Am Not the Walrus, which I will say I know I am not the walrus, but I do have some information that tells me that, Jonathan, 
You are the walrus. No, 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 no. That's, that's a common misconception. I am also not the walrus. No, I'm sorry to disappoint you. Uh, this game, as you might have guessed, is about the Beatles song, I Am the Walrus, the lyrics of which we have rewritten to be about other animals. <laughs> My apologies to the Beatles. All you have to do is ring in after each stanza and tell us which animal we're talking about, and you must sing the answer like this. I am the warthog! Substituting the correct answer, of course. Of course. And for extra credit, you may say, goo goog jube <laughs> Not extra points, mind you, just extra credit in our hearts and minds. I'm a bear, though I don't scare, don't like meat rare, I'd rather snack on bamboo. Often in zoos, sometimes make the news my habitats in China. Jonathan. I am the panda. Yeah, you are. Born in nice fresh water. Migrate to the sea, then back. Spawning generations, always swimming upstream, chock full of omega 3s. You're in the pink with me. I'm very tasty. I'm used in sushi. Raya? I am the salmon. That's correct. Black and white, no gift of flight. Waddle till night and swim Antarctic waters. Morgan Freeman loves to talk about my story of migration. Jonathan. I am the penguin. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a small mammal. Part of the mongoose family. Kalahari Desert is the place we live at We're not to the men are born They got the title wrong I was on TV I had my own show Raya I am the meerkat Yeah <laughs> Swimming in a restaurant fish tank Hoping I'm not picked Put your plastic bib on, butter up my meaty tail. I am a shellfish. I am delicious. Jonathan. I am the lobster. Yeah. I'm a little disappointed no one has gone for the extra credit. I know, there's no goo goo No, no goo goo gachoo. I know, surprising. Jonathan, come on, put one in. Goo goo gachoo. There it yeah. is. Yeah, all right. In Times Square or anywhere, my chirp's not rare, I'll keep you up for hours. Make a bad pun, my name is the one to indicate. Dead silence. Jonathan. I am the cricket. You sure are. Goo goo gachoo. Yeah! Okay, here's your last clue. Starring in commercials. Walking on my two hind legs. Speaking with an accent really should be crawling. Sticking to the walls is easy, but I can't blink my eyes. 
I am a reptile who sells insurance. Raya. I am the gecko. That's right. Art, uh, how'd we do in this game? Uh, Jonathan was the winner. Goo 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 Well done, Raya. Congratulations, Jonathan. You'll be moving on to our final round. Well done. are just joining us, you're listening to Ask Me Another from NPR and WNYC. Up next are contestants Stacey Molsky and Dan Welch. Well, hello, Dan, Stacey. Dan, are you a trivia player? Occasionally, yes. Do you have a specialty? A little bit of everything, I hope. A little bit of everything? Okay, <laughs> that's good. That's going to help you, Stacey? Same. A little bit of everything? Well, yeah, a little bit of everything. Good. Because this next game is called I'm Down with OPP. Just like the 1991 song by Naughty by Nature, I am down with OPP. Yeah, you know me. <laughs> you know me. <laughs> and in this game, all of the answers are going to feature the letters OPP in consecutive order. See what we do there? We make it nerdy. <laughs> Puzzle guru Art Chung, I need an example. If I said I'm the flame-broiled signature sandwich of Burger King, you would say the Whopper. Remember, the letters OPP will be in consecutive order somewhere in each answer. Here we go. I am a British nanny who gave a spoonful of sugar to help the medicine go down. Stacy. Mary Poppins. Exactly. I am a cable network appearing in over 95 million homes, selling everything from beauty products to electronics. Stacy, The Home Shopping Network. Yes. Have you ever succumbed to the urge to buy something off the home? No, but my grandma, that was all she did. I have so many Home Shopping Network things for my grandma. Like what? Like some weird face things, like necklaces, scarves, anything they were selling, she was buying. The late night jewelry purchase. (laughs) That says a lot. Yep. I am Nicholas Cage's uncle, and uh, yeah, I also directed this film, The Godfather. Dan. Francis Ford Coppola. That is correct. Jonathan Colton, how was the Italian in that answer? Uh, Coppola. Coppola, thank you very much. I took Italian in college, so I know yeah. a little bit about how to pronounce it. Coppola. Coppola. <laughs> I was a cable television series on Discovery Channel and TLC about a bickering father and son creating unique custom motorcycles. Dan. Orange County Choppers. Ooh, that's not the name of the TV show. Stacy. Just Chopper. (laughs) (laughs) That's an interesting way to go about it. It sounds like a story. No, this show is called American Chopper. Oh, close. Close. I know you both were sort of, yeah, you were driving around the answer, but not quite. Relax, everybody. Relax. I am a scientific principle that explains why the pitch of a train horn changes as the train passes you by. Dan is going nuts. Stacy just points to him and lets him take it. What do you got, Dan? The Doppler effect. That is correct. 
Are you really into that effect? Is that why you went crazy for it? I was just reading Bill Bryson's A Short History of Nearly Everything and talks about that, so yes. Oh, right, so it was on the tip of your tongue. You're like, I'm using something I just read about. (laughs) I once made the Statue of Liberty disappear. Ta-da! There you are not sure. He was a master illusionist who uh, also dated Claudia Schiffer. Ta-da! Yeah, his most amazing (laughs) magic trick of all time. Dan. David Copperfield. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> Stacy, did you know that I'm one? I'm so mad at myself. I just got so mad. Because <laughs> <laughs> you were like, I love magic? <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure, no. <laughs> In The Wizard of Oz, I am the flower the wicked witch spikes to poison Dorothy on her way to the Emerald City. Stacy. Poppy. Poppy is correct. I am often called the father of the atomic bomb for heading the Manhattan Project during World War II. Dan? Oppenheimer? Yeah. Yeah? I'll take that, Robert Oppenheimer. Okay. Stacy, you just you, you gave that one to Dan too. He was did you see how fast he was buzzing? I don't think I could even get in there. <laughs> just his pure weird buzzer just... technique is freaking you out. I know. I gotta say, you're never gonna make it in there with that attitude. No, he's in, he's in my head now. <laughs> Put it behind you and move on, okay, Stacy? This is your final question. I'm a giant piece of hard candy, also known as a jawbreaker. Stacy. Gobstopper. Yes, correct. Art Chung, how did our contestants do? We have a tie. Ooh. Okay, get your buzzers ready, because this is an intense buzzer situation. I'm the type of person who likes to tell you all the famous celebrities he's friends with. Stacy. Name dropper. That's correct. Great job, both of you. Stacy, you are moving on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. We'll talk to our VIP Peter Sagal about how to host the perfect public radio game show. Plus, we'll see if he can take the heat in a trivia challenge we've created just for him. This is NPR's Ask Me Another. Welcome back to Ask Me Another, NPR and WNYC's hour of trivia, word games, and puzzles. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and joining me is author, playwright, and host of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, Peter Sagal. Hello, everybody. Hiya. Hi, Peter. Hello. Hi. You know, in addition to us both having something in common, which is as a host, we have something else in common. What? We both grew up in a grocery store business. Did we do that? Yes. I did not. I, I didn't notice you there. I, uh, <laughs> did you, your family owned a grocery my store? My family owned, I'm very proud of this, my family owned the Evergood Market in Cambridge, Massachusetts from 1949 to 1999. I am a grocer's grandson, 
and I am proud of it, and that means that to this day, I go into grocery stores of all sizes and judge them. <laughs> do you do that? Peter, my store was called Triglin Food Market. Yeah. My first job was dusting off cans. Important job. Then I moved on to pricing cans with oh, the pricer. Oh, there's nothing like the gun. It's very fun. Is this a boy thing, or did you do the quick draw? I love the quick draw. You stand there. You put the pricing gun in like your pocket of your apron. <laughs> you stand in front of the yogurts. You shake your hand like the gunfighter. And because I'm me, I'd have a little bit of dialogue <laughs> with the yogurt. So... I told you never to come back to this dairy section again. <laughs> and, you know, I was a young kid at the time, and so people, I feel they enjoyed it, but a crowd would gather. To see what's going on. There was a 16-year-old in an apron muttering in a hostile way to the yogurts. I think it brought in business. But You're like the Sago kid. Yeah. He's going to be okay. He's, he's going to be, be fine. Okay. He'll be, that kid, that kid, he's going to go into public radio. Did you think you were going to be, as a child, what were your aspirations? What did you want oh, to my, do? My, actually, uh, my aspirations uh, were to be very serious. I wanted to be a playwright, and I was for a long time. And I wrote very serious plays because I felt that I knew what was wrong with the world. <laughs> and it was my obligation to let the rest of you know. <laughs> and I always felt that if I was in front of a crowd like this, not quite so dorky, but otherwise... <laughs> that you would either, at the end of my presentation, whatever it may be, you would either thank me with tears in your eyes or you would hang me. And either would have been adequate. I would have been pleased with the response. So you were looking to make a statement. I was looking to make a statement. Now I make fart jokes. It's destiny. <laughs> well, it's a different and kind of statement. And yet people like it. Yeah, people, people actually like it. prefer the fart jokes than being told that they've been living their lives in a completely horrific, failed way. Their lives are a lie. Exactly. I don't know why people didn't like that message. They like fart jokes instead. They it's do strange. Love fart. It's universal. Yeah. So you, you get to talk to uh, all kinds of people, obviously, on your show. I do. Wait, wait, don't tell me. And I'm sure everyone has asked you, what is your favorite guest? What is one of your favorite moments? Which I love those conversations, too. But, but I am much more interested in finding out what moment keeps you up at night, haunts you, something that didn't go as planned, something, some hilarious oh, fail. Oh, gosh. We, um, we have been... We have been relatively free of really horrific disasters. Uh, and even the ones we've had were at least interesting. So, for example, we had this guy on the show named Simon Amstel. And Simon Amstel is a British comedian. And I don't know if you know this, but this sort of thing that we do, this quiz show thing, yeah. it's a niche market here. But in England, it it's like huge. 60% of oh, yeah. everything broadcast on the radio and television is panel quiz shows in England. It's what they do. If you don't have one, yeah, yeah it's weird. If you've never been on one, it's like, you know, it's like, you know, here you say, oh, what do you do for a living? In England, you say, what panel quiz show have you appeared on? That's because right. everybody's been on one. And this guy, we were told, was, had hosted one. He was like a pro. And we felt like we were a baseball team in Japan getting a player from America. Yeah, you know? yeah exciting. So he comes on. And this guy is a lunatic. And he's a very funny lunatic. Uh, it's his shtick, but he also has never heard our show before, it seems. <laughs> so it's they don't do preparation, apparently. So, like, we did our listener limerick challenge, and he's like, what? You're reading limericks? <laughs> Actual limericks? I, no, actually, I remember what happened was, is like, he says, now we're going to read you this limerick. And he goes, huh? And then Carl Castle starts reading the limericks, and he says, you actually did it. <laughs> 
I thought it was some sort of joke. Right, that he's questioning the premise of the show the entire yeah, show. And people were like, what? This, this is rude. But I actually loved it. Because I've been doing this show for a long time, and to have somebody show up and going, what the hell are you people doing? <laughs> made me go, yeah, actually, we're doing limericks? What's up with that? So I had an existential crisis for a week, but it was, it was still fun. Right, no, that's right. Yeah, so take it off the rails. Do you yeah. have a, uh, a pre-show ritual that you do every time you do We don't show? have time. Do you? Do you have a pre-show ritual? Oh, my, I basically question everything and say I'm not going to go on. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about you. No. Ophira and I are going to have a little moment. Do you ever worry that there's no way that it's going to work? This happens to me every week. Like, we work in this script, and we work in this material every week, and then it's like Thursday. We tape Thursday evenings at 7.30. Thursday at 5 o'clock, I'm like, this is a disaster. Oh. This is not going to... It's every week. Peter, you have no idea work. how it's, it's comforting sucks. this, this is, is terrible. to hear. It's just... This is the lamest stuff. I mean, Letterman did it better the other night. I can't... What are we going to do? And then we go on, and it seems to work. I don't really understand it. And then you leave and you're like, fools! Fools! <laughs> well, that is the constant push and pull, right? That right. sort of keeps you going, is that every day it might end. <laughs> yes. One day they might, oh, they might all turn into Simon Amstel and go, right. what are you doing? You're reading limericks? This is the point where we turn the quiz tables around. All right, embracing myself. And uh, I usually ask people if they are up for an ask me another challenge but in this case i think you would be okay with me telling you that peter sagel you are going to be up right now for an ask me another challenge it's only fair (laughs) fantastic peter sagel everybody do i get to use the buzzer you may if you'd like to i was on jeopardy in 1988 on jeopardy you have a buzzer much like this but they can only buzz in after the host alex rebecca reads the question exactly you ask me what keeps me up at night the fact that I couldn't master the timing. I'm going to get it right this time. Yeah, Go. Well, All right. Arm those buzzers. One of our favorite segments on Wait, Wait is a celebrity segment called Not My Job. Yes. So we thought we'd flip it around, and this game is called That Was My Job. All right. This quiz is about the unusual and interesting jobs once held by some of your distinguished Wait Wait panelists. Oh my goodness, okay. And as a hint, all the panelists we'll be talking about have appeared on your show at least ten times. Okay. So hopefully you remember their names. No Simon Amstel. <laughs> no all Simon right. Amstel. And if you get enough right, Allison Johnson of Claremont, Florida will win a special Ask Me Another prize. Oh my gosh. Yes, you're playing for someone... This is a very high-pressure situation. You know, one of the things we do on our show, which is different from your show, is we ask very easy questions. Yeah. (laughs) And we do that so um, people can know them and feel good about themselves. Yeah. Well, like you said, they are different shows. They are different shows. All right. So, um, (laughs) Jonathan Art will be helping me out with this game. That's awesome. Here we go. Which panelist starred in a 1984 Star Wars spoof titled Hyperspace, in which the main characters must defend Earth from a Darth Vader-like villain named Lord Buckethead? Uh, I mean, a 1984 spoof? A Star Wars spoof. Okay. Titled Hyperspace. Hyperspace. You're right, though. This went straight to IMDb. I don't, even is, I, I, I don't know. This <laughs> hasn't come up. So 1984, they had to be a working professional in 1984. That's right. I'm sorry. Well, the median age of our panelists is 84, so that's not going to be a problem. Um, uh, I'm going to guess, was it Paula Poundstone? You guessed correct. Yes! 
Before the producers of the film Groundhog Day settled on the song I Got You, Babe as the music that wakes Bill Murray up every morning, they were going to use a famous ad campaign, and one of your panelists would have been the voice of that campaign. Who was it, and what was the ad campaign? Well, obviously... Well, excuse me. (laughs) Peter. Well, obviously, we have a panelist who actually was just inducted into the Clio Hall of Fame... I didn't know such a thing was. For this ad campaign, it was Tom Baudet from Motel 6. We'll leave a light on for you. Absolutely. Two things about that. He wrote that line. And the second thing is, like, sometimes he'll say, oh, we're going away. I'm doing a big conference of, like, Motel 8 owners. And we're all going to this place. And I say, like, going, you're going to stay in a Motel 8. Motel 6, I'm sorry. Motel 8 is too expensive. A little yeah, I know. nicer. Yeah. And he says, I said, no, you're going to Motel 6. He says, no, we're going to Club Med or some fabulous <laughs> resort. And they say, really, you're Motel 6 executives and you're going to a Club Med or whatever it is for your convention? They'll say, we're a budget motel chain. We're not idiots. <laughs> I think that should be their slogan, by the yeah. way. Yeah. I like that. Motel 6. We're not stupid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Come on. Come at me. All right. After graduating from Georgetown University, which panelist took a job as a lounge singer in a Washington, D.C. bar singing jazz standards? Peter. I have absolutely no clue. All right, let me think. A panelist on my show, somebody Mm -hmm. I know, went to Georgetown, went to Georgetown and was a lounge singer. Um, Would you like a hint? Yes, please. All right. Uh, as an advice columnist, her signature song oh, might be of course. Someone to Watch Over Me. Yes, that was very good. It comes to be Amy Dickinson. Amy Dickinson, Amy Dickinson is yeah. correct, yes. She is the advice columnist for the Chicago Tribune. A little, th- little bit of trivia about Amy Dickinson. Her own life, totally messed up. <laughs> Before launching his stand-up career, which panelist spent nine years as a jet mechanic for defense contractors Lockheed and McDonnell Douglas? And even worked on the stealth bomber. Peter Sagel. That would be Alonzo Bowden. You got it. Appropriately, which panelist has appeared on Star Trek Deep Space Nine as a genetically engineered human with super intelligence? And I say appropriately because she is a former Rhodes Scholar. That would be my good friend Faith Saley. Peter Sagel, you are correct. Faith, as you say, was on Star Trek Deep Space Nine yeah. uh, as a very attractive, uh, super-engineered person. Not a dork at all. It seems unfair. <laughs> a non-dork gets I know, that job. Not the, the non-dork, yeah. just because she's gorgeous and talented, gets to be in the show. Well, people like myself, who would care, <laughs> never get asked to play the genetically engineered superhumans. It just doesn't seem right. Well, maybe on Deep Space Ten. There you are, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Art, how did our VIP Peter Sagel do on our quiz? I think Peter's ready for Jeopardy again because he aced our quiz. Yay! Well done. Congratulations and thanks to I you. I feel so good. Yeah? Thank you. Yeah, and Alison Johnson gets a prize. Because yes. of you, she gets an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube. That's awesome. That's I know. great. It's a very exciting. One more round of applause for our VIP. Thank you, everybody. Peter Sagel. Now we're going to crown this week's grand champion. Let's bring back from Mind in the Gutteral, Scott Bergeron. From All in the Cards, Melissa Kalwanowski. From Charming Old Movie House, Justin Sheen. 
From I Am Not the Walrus, Jonathan Firestone, and from Down with OPP, Stacy Molsky. I'm going to ask our puzzle guru, Art Chung, to take us out. This final round is called Mystery Men, and it's about fictional characters who are known by the courtesy title Mister. I'll give you a pithy description of the fictional Mister. You identify his last name. For example, if I said, This evil Mister is the owner of the Springfield nuclear power plant on The Simpsons, that would be Mr. Burns. <laughs> We're going to play the spelling bee style, so one wrong answer and you're out. You'll only have a few seconds to give the answer. The last person standing is our grand winner. Remember, all the answers will be a fictional mister. Here we go. Scott, this monocled mister has been the official mascot of the snack food company Planters since 1916. Mr. Peanut. Mr. Peanut, you got it. Melissa, this highly logical mister is Captain Kirk's pointy-eared chum on Star Trek. Mr. Spock. That's right. <laughs> Justin, this hunky mister was Carrie's main love interest on Sex and the City. Mr. Big. Mr. Big, that's right. <laughs> Jonathan, this elderly cartoon mister gets into no end of trouble due to his poor eyesight. Oh, boy. Three seconds. I, Mr. Unknown. No. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's not the right answer. Stacy, do you know the answer? Mr. Magoo. Mr. Magoo is correct. Thanks, Jonathan. We're back to Scott. Played by Jimmy Stewart in a 1939 film, this mister goes to Washington and launches into a Senate-shaming filibuster. Mr. Smith. Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Melissa, this clay mister often yells, oh no, in a cute falsetto voice in old Saturday Night Live short films. Mr. Bill. Mr. Bill. <laughs> Justin, this meddling mister lived downstairs from Jack, Janet, and Chrissy on Three's Company with his sarcastic wife, Helen. Uh, Mr. Barney Fife. No, closer than you think, but no, that's not right. Stacy, do you know the answer? Mr. Roper. That's correct. Thank you. We're back to Scott. This wise mister teaches Daniel-san how to wax on, wax off in the original Karate Kid movie. Mr. Miyagi. Correct. <laughs> Melissa, this hairless mister is Dr. Evil's beloved cat in Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery. Do you have an answer? Mr. Nibbles. Mr. Nibbles, adorable but incorrect. <laughs> Stacy, do you have an answer for that? Mr. Bigglesworth. That is correct. Thank you, Melissa. <laughs> we are down to two players, Scott and Stacy. Scott, this satchel-carrying mister is urged to please wait a minute in a 1961 hit song by the Marvelettes. Mr. Postman? That is correct. Stacy, this grouchy mister owns the successful fast food restaurant where SpongeBob SquarePants works as a fry cook. Mr. Krabs. Yes. <laughs> Scott, this colorful mister is the title of a 1978 single by Electric Light Orchestra. Uh, Mr. Blue Sky. That is correct. <laughs> All right, we've run out of questions, so here's your tiebreaker. Hands on your buzzers. This vegetative mister with a famously shaped noggin has been a supporting character in the Toy Story movies. 
Scott. Mr. Potato Head. That's right. Stacy, runner-up, amazing job. Huge round of applause for Stacy. Scott, you're our big Ask Me Another winner, and as your prize, you get to record Peter Sagel's outgoing voicemail message. And that's a show, ladies and gentlemen, but it does not have to end here. If you want to hear more, make sure you download our podcast or come say hi on Facebook or Twitter. Just look around for NPR Ask Me Another. Ask Me Another's puzzle guru is Art Chung. Hey, my name anagrams to Narc Thug. Our house musician is Jonathan Colton. Thou Jolta Cannon. With additional puzzle writing by Kyle Beakley, Greg Lightman, Josiah Madigan, James Ramsey, John Sellers, and Ellen Title. Ask Me Another is produced by Jesse Baker, Josh Rogeson, John Asante, and Eleanor Kagan, along with Portia Robertson-Migas and Eric Newsom. We are recorded by Paul Ruest. Us true pal. Noriko Okabe and David Hurtgen. We'd like to thank our home in Brooklyn, New York, The Bell House. Hot Heel Blues. And our production partner, WNYC, and our friends at Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Laminated Towel Twit. I'm her right begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Next time on NPR's Ask Me Another, our VIP Bon Appetit's editor-in-chief, Adam Rappaport, weighs in on one of his pet peeves, Yelp reviews. I went to this place for my anniversary, and it was just like, they had service. I was like, dude, what do you talk? Get a life. Join me, Ophira Eisenberg, for a culinary journey on NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and tasty trivia. 